All right, here we are live. We had a little problem with my microphone before. I hope we're going to go back to the same uh, stream. Uh, before I welcome my new my next guest, I would like to thank uh, yesterday's guest, uh, DeAndre Pay, uh, Pace. Thank thank you for for coming in here, and we had a beautiful conversation and a different outlook on African American issues. But today I have a special guest. He's called the Nightlife. The nightlife, night, uh, no, no, night, night nation, right? Night nation, right? That works, yep. Okay, welcome to the uh, to the, to the uh, stream. How are you today? Thank you, Omar. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm sorry I kept on delaying. Um, I hope we're on there. No but worries. Gonna, okay, well, I usually start the, the the conversation by asking my guests, who are they as an individual? Hmm. Interesting. Many things. Um, yeah, before the politics. For the politics, um, yeah. let's see. These days, I'm more of a content creator than anything. Uh, I'm a professional live, like a semi-professional live streamer now. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else would be included. Father, uh, yeah, it's a, a student. Was a student. Uh, okay. um, not anymore, though. Graduated. Okay, no problem. Okay, um, let me fix this again. Okay. Uh, first, I'm glad you came. I Thanks. really appreciate you. Uh, where do you stand on the political spectrum? Well, I'm certainly on the right. Um, I consider myself in what you'd call the dissident right, I guess, in that I don't feel that the current um, Republican Party, I guess, really covers it You know, for me. I think that they are not representing the American people very well, and I think that people like myself are kind of without a political home in America, at least not a mainstream one. Right. So do you think the Republican Party has uh, uh, um, swayed away from its original uh, uh, um it's original, uh, um, what's that word, um, goals, conservatism, small government, and the church, the, the family. Do you think that has happened to that party? Certainly, certainly. They seem to have um, swayed so much that now they're basically uh, just the Democrats at a slower speed. You know, they're uh, the Democrats 10 years behind, right? And right. They're on the same direction. Yeah, but... Um, do you think that both parties have become really politically uh, uh, corrupt? They, they, they're no longer serving their purposes. It's like a dictatorship, a two-party dictatorship. Do you agree with me on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I think, in fact, they're merging into being a one-party country, unfortunately, and it's pretty terrifying because, you know, historically that doesn't tend to go too well, right? Once you get right. a one-party country, you're in trouble. Yeah, I think that, uh, at least they should take turns. Now they're fighting. They don't want to wait their turn to, to steal, I guess. Is that it? What's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Pretty uh, much. Uh, do you th- do you think the infighting has uh, made our uh, nation tribal, politically tribal? Yeah, not only has it done that, but it's also made it so that politics has seeped into everything. You know, things that otherwise it doesn't need to be involved in, right? Things where it's it's just you wouldn't typically politics doesn't belong there. You know, things where it's <coughs> it makes no sense to have it be political, <laughs> right? Um. So, uh, how do you view uh, um, the the? I don't want to jump into that yet. Uh, what do you think the of says uniparty in the huh? chat? Uh, Big Papa Fascist says uniparty in the chat. Yeah, well, I, uh, okay, you can answer them. I don't look at the the, the chat uh, because sometimes it distracts me, you know, from uh, concentrating on my guests. But thank yeah. you, for, uh, Papa is uh, my brother uh, in arms. Uh, uh, you know, he, he devastated me in a, in a debate, but I kind of wakened a little bit because I agree with most of the stuff he agrees with. Anyway, let's continue with our issue here. So you think the political party are no longer a catalyst for change? Is that what we could say? 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And I think they're they're concentrated on issues that are not really the American people's issues. You know, they're they're large multinational corporations, foreign countries, interests. This is they're compromised, basically, in short, to not be long winded about it. Well, I could give you an idea. Um, about a month ago, they had a vote for the, you know, the the Iron Dome. Mm, yeah. 420 rushed to vote for it. But when it came to the infrastructure bill, only nine Republicans uh, 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 voted with the Democrat uh, to give people uh, infrastructure, bridges. Uh, so they have become uh, uh, probably just uh, unuseful for the American people, I guess. Yeah. What seems, your, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Elaborate it, seems, a bit. it just seems the American people are way down the list of uh, priorities, maybe almost last on the list, you know? Well, you see, uh, they, they like the drunk father who gets paid and go gambles with the money all over the place. But when he gets home, he asks for a gallon of milk, he beats up the wife. So uh, when it comes to uh, helping the American people, they just say, oh, no, we don't have enough money. We can't do it. No. But they give away money to every uh, Dick and Tom and Harry throughout the world. Do we agree on that? Precisely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, what do you think about uh, immigration? I think we don't we don't need it anymore for the most part. I think that maybe a little bit of very targeted, very specific, very qualified immigration, very small amount, maybe. But this thing we're having, we're uh, opening borders and letting people flood in from every goddamn place on the planet. That's no good. Clearly, right. I think I think the thing is, even Democrats don't really like that for the most part, but they just, you know, there's such a this, they're so compromised. The Republicans are compromised by the big money and some foreign interests. And then at the same time, the Democrats, they want to appeal to their most far left sort of communist base that wants no no borders at all and on, on anywhere on the planet. So you have both parties beholden to different uh, forces. The Republican Party are beholden to corporations that want immigration for cheap labor. And uh, the Democrats, uh, maybe they say for future voters, whatever people say, is that it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So uh, a lot of people say mass immigration uh, has can't destabilize, can become a destabilizing force to the cohesion of our, of our demographic or political and social order of things as we stand in the United States. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's. I mean, the thing is, let me, let me be like a little bit nuanced with it because my my great grandparents came here, like most Americans. You know, I'm not against immigration as a, as a concept. I think immigration has a place, maybe, but I think at this point, the more we bring in people who don't wish to assimilate, they don't wish to become American. You know, my, my grandparents, for example, on one side, they gave up speaking Italian because they wanted their children to only speak English. So they deliberately said, no Italian, we're just going to speak English in this house, right? So they, they forced it, right? They forced the assimilation. But that's that's gone now. People don't seem to want to do that anymore, right? Right. So, I mean, uh, in a certain area, like I live in New York City, I don't know where you're at. Uh, we have certain area, uh, like you go to Chinatown, everybody's Chinese almost. Yeah, you go to my, I'm an Arab American. You go to some uh, certain uh, 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 neighborhoods in the Bronx or Bay Ridge, all, all the signs are Arabic. So in other words, there is no, uh, they are not uh, um, embracing their new uh, homeland. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. And I mean, I don't have anything against any of these particular people groups, but it, it, it actually, I kind of like the way they do it to some degree in the New York City. I did like the the little Italy, the little China, the little yeah. I guess, Arab town, like that that yeah. would kind of make sense in a way as it used to do because people would take a time to assimilate. Um, I tried to live in, my family moved to France for a while when I was in my teenage, late teenage years. It was tough. I, I get it. I didn't speak French. It was very, you know, upsetting. I was, you know, it was very culture shock. Shock is the right word for it. But um, 
you know, I, I, well, I didn't get to stay there long term, so I didn't get to become French, right? But um, right. I, so I, I get their experience to some degree. But um, at some point, you got to say, you know what? This is my new home. I'm settling in. I'm becoming one with this place. I'm learning the English. And if I had stayed in France, I would have to learn French. I'd have to be speaking French today. Right. Excuse me. How can we? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how can we? Uh, uh, how how can we feed our corporate economics hunger for immigration while maintaining our current national character? I think we could be really targeted about it. I think we could pick only people that are really extremely qualified for these things. So, for example, when we went to France, one of the reasons was because at the time they had this thing where if they if they could fill the job with a Frenchman, they had to do that. If they couldn't fill the job with a Frenchman, then then they were open to immigration. So something maybe modeled on that kind of idea would be a little bit closer to what would work. But even then, I think I want to be I would want to be really lessened by that because it's, they've just they've gone so far with it to the point where it's no longer interested about maintaining a, a social cohesion at all in the United States it's like let's just bring in whatever the big corporations demand right yeah 20 years ago I was overseas you know in my native uh, country and I bought a, an English speaking uh, paper you know because uh, you know, I don't even know how to read English and I saw that Canada was advertising for certain immigrants, like uh, college educated. They wanted some certain degree. They wanted certain criteria for their for their immigrants. Should we go down that line? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to that. I, in fact, myself, I did a art school in Canada, in uh, British Columbia. I did a photography class. And the funny thing is, when I was done, I didn't qualify to immigrate to Canada. And I wanted to. And they said, you know what? You're not good enough. Yeah, right. like your art art degree, nah, nah, sorry, you know. So the, the, they had a very high bar, and I, I didn't meet it. So tough luck for me, I guess, you know. And I have to respect that. I have to respect that because maybe they didn't need another photographer in Canada as much as I would have liked to have stayed there at the time. So that's a great, that's a pretty good example. To go back to a, let's go back to a, a domestic issue. Do you think we're in a cultural war? Oh yeah. And how do you think it's going to play out? I mean, can you elaborate? It's playing out very badly, I'd say. I'd say it's I don't even know if it's a culture war at this point. It's more like a uh it's a cultural beating because one side see well, one side has all of the uh the levers of power at the moment. I'd say that's basically the left has all the institutional power, but the right has all the uh sort of rigidity and um force. If it actually came to an ugly um, you know, a, a physical conflict, a kinetic conflict, God forbid one side is pretty well suited and the other is not. And the, the right would be in the, in the position of power then. But as it exists now, I mean, take, take an easy issue as an example of censorship, right? All of these big corporations are run by leftists or at least geared towards a leftist uh, worldview. And so uh, they, they censor right-wingers at the drop of a hat, you know, the, the slightest little thing that's off uh, their chosen sense of, of right and wrong or, or worldview or, or values you're gone, you know? And I mean, you, you know this from being a YouTuber, you have to be very careful with your, yeah. you know, in the toss, it's like yeah. the, the toss of the, these boundaries and you, you can't, you know. Right. I, I, what I was going to say, um, historically, uh, the right has not done right good with, when it comes to culture world. You guys have lost all the time. You know, I'm a liberal, so I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, sure. not, a, not, a, not only to the left, I'm toward the center. But uh, historically, I was looking at as a, just a, without any bias, uh, the left has always won the culture war in the United States, I guess. Uh, you agree with that? 
Yeah, some degree. I mean, I guess the way I describe you is what we call a classical liberal, right? That's yeah. so that's people that believe in freedom of speech, the basically yeah, the yeah. original American values, right? Right. Yeah. So I mean, they win because I mean, the American American Constitution, the original America, was a, a classical liberal nation. It was, you know, it, it wanted more freedom for the individual than for, uh, say, the stability of society as a as a collective. So I think that you know they, they win because the whole system is geared that way. So you know your play, if you have home field advantage, is the way to say it. Yeah. Well, they, what they usually do is, uh, let's say, if you had kids, you say you could do whatever you want in this room, but uh, the the conservatives say no, you cannot break the windows, you cannot uh, leave there. So people tend to go with the person who gives them uh, do whatever the hell you want, uh, free for all. Is uh, I mean, we could agree on that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and for example, like the the abortion, they went on that. Uh, so now it's been fifty years or sixty years. You got uh, the the conservative are trying to uh, to put the the toothpaste the toothpaste in the uh, in the tube, but I, I think it's too late because people have been used to it. That's a good point. I mean, once people get used to a certain way of things, it's it's really hard to, like you said, toothpaste back in the tube. Um, with that one, I think we could have established a better line in the sand. And I think they're trying to do that now. But, you know, it like kind of like you said, it's the, the barn doors are open and the horse has, has fled the barn, you know, so we're we're in trouble as far as that goes. But um, I I don't know. I think that things can be. Things can be dialed back, but it's sort of painful. You know, it's it's uh people are so used to it that they have to adapt in a sort of painful way. And it's sometimes that's okay, sometimes it's worth it to do that, and sometimes it's just it's not it's not worth the pain. So I think that's probably the way to say it. Right. So uh there are other culture issues like the LBG to community. What what do you think about that? I'm not in favor of it. I mean, well, here's the thing. I'm a, so I'm pretty libertarian on that in terms of an individual. Yeah. Whatever you want to do with another grown-up adult behind a closed door, I really don't give a crap. But yeah. um, when it comes to like parades and promoting it in the media and stuff, that's a whole separate thing, you know, for me. And and once it's let's call it propagandizing the children and propagandizing the public, that now we're getting on a different thing, and that that I'm very against because I, I don't see any value to that. If they claim that the LGBT folk are born that way, right? That's the whole thing. Born this way is their whole their whole mantra. If that's true, then they don't need to be propagandized to. Then they're just they're that, right? right. If it's not true, then why are we creating more people to the LGBT? What's the motive for that, right? So that doesn't seem too helpful. I could agree with you that I think uh, uh, school children should be off limit to any to any cultural issues. They should just be left alone to learn how to read and write, whatever that is, Absolutely. and. The issue I have with the LBGQ community is that I don't have, like you, I stand the same thing, but they want to be treated normal. But at the same time, if you criticize or you say something, they want to be then a special class to their own. I mean, does the, you, you know what I'm trying to say? You can't yeah, have absolutely. it both ways. If you want to be normalized, you have to take the hit in the stomach like everybody else. You got punched in the stomach like everybody else. Precisely. Uh, we have you to that, be a right? special class, you know? Right. Um, let's see. As you know, the the Midwest has suffered greatly. Uh, first, the global trade of NAFTA uh, that took all the factories and took the 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 the, the decency of of having a good paying job and, and to feel good about providing. Then you have the opiate crisis. How do you oh, make yeah. that? How do you make that part of the country whole again? Oof, that's a good one. Yeah. So I live in the Midwest. I don't want to get too specific, of course, but Michigan, basically. I don't mind saying Michigan. It's 11 million people in this state. So it's big enough, right? But, um, you know, we 
Uh, I had friends who described their parents would work at like a Ford Motor Company, right? And they would, their father would have a factory job and that would be enough to support many kids, to send them to college, the whole thing, the whole middle class dream. But now more or less that's gone away or it's been reduced to the point where it's no longer a real career, at least not in that sort of way. It's, it's very, people are very interchangeable and there's not as much career level support for this stuff. And that's done incredible harm to this country. And we've, we've pushed a lot of manufacturing overseas down to Mexico, over to China, wherever it may be. And uh, yeah, it may be good for China or Mexico, but it's certainly not good for us. And it makes us dependent as we just saw with the whole COVID thing is that like now, if we want something, we have to wait for it on a literally a slow boat from China, right? It's very, very tedious to wait for this. And then if, if there's something wrong, if it can't be made right or, or whatever the issue may be, well, we're out of luck. We're, we're up a uh, crap creek without a paddle, as they would say, I guess. So, I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, Donald Trump ran uh, on the premises that he's going to bring factories back. Everybody knows what is, anybody with a brain knows he can do it anymore because uh, we've been addicted. Corporate America has been addicted to cheap labor. Uh, to, to make something for a dollar and sell it here for $50 in the United States. I mean, is there a way to bring these factories or is that they're all gone forever? I think what would be required for that would be too difficult for them to to adapt to. They, they don't want to adapt to it. If they had the will to adapt to it, if they had the will to prioritize the uh, the well-being of the people, of the, of the welfare of the, the, the people that work here and live here, over the corporate profits, then we might be getting somewhere. But I don't, I don't see it. I think the, the I guess greed and self-interest just eclipses um, the the humanity of it. It's just really depressing and, and unfortunate. I don't think it always was that way. I think some, it's, I think addiction is sort of a good model because once they got hooked on it, it's like they're not going to give it up. They got a dog with a bone and they're not going to give it up. Well, how do we deal with the, who, who do we blame for the opiate crisis that decimated the, the Midwest and killed all these white kids? I mean, Oof. last year, 100,000 young Americans died between the age of 18 and 45. That's like the cream of the crop uh, of the yeah. working force of the United States. How do you replace these people and who do we blame? The only way to replace them, if there even is such a thing, is to have more babies, quite frankly. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I was going to immigration. But I mean, who do we blame? So that's a two-part thing. First, I blame the start of it on the Sackler family, right? There's this oh, family. thank you. Thank you. You're the only person who knows who the Sackler family is. Every time I mention it, <laughs> nobody knows who it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's the Sackler family. They they owned Purdue Pharmaceuticals. They released OxyContin in the 1996, I believe it was. Then yeah. they uh, pushed it on the doctor saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's not as addictive. Then there was all this big hubbub about it. And then they said, oh, no, we fixed it. We made it time release. Uh, no, no, not really. That just made it more addictive. You just crush it up and then people snorted it or injected or something and then it made it more addictive than it's basically heroin. And then so now you have these pharmaceutical heroin going out there and people are all getting addicted and droves across the country yeah. dropping dead left and right getting you know destroying lives and then this family uh, i mean they've been slapped on the wrist right they've been given like oh you know you have to pay you know 500 million dollars and that might sound like a lot of money but not in relative to what they've made it's nothing they're making uh, incredible amounts of money and then on top of that then it shifted gears and now what we have is we have the fentanyl thing where you if you were a heroin addict in the united states that's done now they don't they don't have any more poppies coming in from afghanistan now you're getting fentanyl which is you know a hundred times stronger than heroin and uh oxycontin so now you're dropping dead like you know almost all the time I mean, people are dying all over the place you could drive through philadelphia you'll, you'll see people like literally like you know collapsed standing up and like their 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 lives are destroyed it's horrible man I'm, I'm laughing at the absurdity of it but it's it's really sick stuff and it's they've 
I don't even know how you fix it because we don't even have a model to truly bring people out of addiction, as you might know about. Okay, the Sutler family made $13 billion. I'll give you the numbers right now. And they deliberately yeah. inserted the drugs in a cold country where people have a lot of pain where they work with their bodies in West Virginia, Kentucky. So it was an, uh, an orchestrated uh, uh, or a surgical uh, planned place to start this opiate uh, or to put them inside the population in that area. Yeah, and, and that's shameful. Shouldn't should they be held uh, at least criminally, even criminally responsible? Oh, certainly. To the extent that they knew what they were doing, to the extent that they can be shown who knew what and when did they know it kind of thing. Like, when did they, you know, how much intentional was it? And I think, like you said, there's probably a good deal of it that's quite intentional. Um, it's it's very dis- distressing. I think the thing is they they have to figure out, they have to do a real investigation. They have to say who knew what. And they, they, they can subpoena all of that stuff. I mean, I'm sure they're probably, I would speculate that they're probably destroying evidence even to this day, but you can subpoena stuff. You can find out who knew what when. You can go through their emails and say, oh, and they, they actually did this to some degree already where they found out that these people were laughing about it and saying, oh, these are pillbillies and, and making all these jokes as people, you know, drop dead and their kids are now, you know, parentless. This is, this is an atrocity, really. I don't know if we're live or not. Do you see us on YouTube? I don't know. I just see a live symbol in a countdown. Let me uh, let me check on the – I'll make a little window to see if it's what it looks like here. Let's see. Just check. Right, there, sure. there you are. But I, just, I, uh, I don't think so. see a different one. It does say live. Are we both on? I mean, um, I think you might have a different um, – Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I see it. It's just a different – you have a different thumbnail than the, the one for oh, today. Oh, okay. Because we, we, we messed up on the first one. I don't know what happened. Okay. So, we were, so I mean, the, the secular family, like you said, they had 20 years to figure out that these – they were, they were killing these kids. I mean, yeah. they get genius to that. Uh, and what they did is, uh, I, I read about, I've been following them for a long time. They used to give money to museums, to uh, places, uh, all these metropolitan of bullshit. I hate museums, all that. So I think it's the most boring shit you could ever go to. And this <laughs> way, they would they were becoming culturally, uh, uh, they were injecting cultural money. So people shut up, I guess. Is that, you could yeah. you know, say that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is the, a lot of these people, when they do uh, philanthropy or what looks like philanthropy, it's, it's a way to launder dirty money. It's a way to put to push their ill-gotten gains into a into a thing that people can't question and then to find other ways to pull it back out. It's pretty it's pretty scummy stuff. I mean, you can look at that in, in other ways, too. There are uh, other people that hide under the banner of philanthropy, but are really sort of tax evasion, all kinds of stuff, washing dirty money. It's really, really dirty business. It's uh, the dark side of humanity to some degree that they would, you know, that they would hide this, this ill-gotten behavior, this ill-gotten gains and bad behavior under the, the banner of we're helping people. It's pretty, right. pretty rough stuff. Are you a globalist? No, absolutely not. Uh, how, what do you think? Uh, should we be involved in these uh, wars overseas or should just? Uh... No, absolutely not. I mean, largely these tend to be, at least the ones in my lifetime have been wars for Israel, to be frank. They've been, you know, war, expansionist wars in, in service of their favor. Um, you know, I'm sure being an Arab American, you probably are very well aware that the, uh, you know, the, the only trouble that the Arab people that I've ever met in my life ever have with white Americans tends to be because of the support for that country. The unconditional support, I should say, because, yeah. you know, they're doing incredibly crazy stuff over there. I don't want to get too much into it and blow your beautiful YouTube channel out. But like, you know, oh, dropping they, white phosphorus on kids and just stuff that's just war crimes, basically. Uh, Even, you, you know, 
it's fair game. You could criticize. It's a state like any other country. I mean, right. uh, uh, the issue is, I agree with you. I just had an issue with this guy uh, the other night, and he called me an anti-Semite because I told him that the, the, the 2003 war against Iraq was authored by neocons, Zionist, uh, uh, Jewish Americans uh, by the name, I think, Pearl, Walfus, mm-hmm. Bill Crystal. They had this group of people that sold the war to the, the George W. Bush administration, and they had a plan before he became president. Yeah. And he said, no, but the whole idea is, why would you declare war on Iraq, which was an ally of ours, they fought the Iranians, and leave the Iranians alone? The whole idea was to make it a safer neighborhood for Israel. I mean, yep. it, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to know that. I mean, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, Saddam used to rape the women." I say, "These are you rehashing this old bullshit from the 2003 uh, propaganda stuff." Yeah, unproven claims too, like that, right? Uh, yeah, unproven. They're like, oh, "Oh, you know, you could see the 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 because it was an interview, then it was turned to a debate, then we started yelling at each other because he was saying because <laughs> he, he was repeating like a parrot. He was repeating stuff that we know are lie, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. I know that lies because I'm from the region. I I know the politics of the region more than anybody. Yeah. By the way, like you said, that the issue with Caucasian, I, you know, according to the census, I'm white. You know, I can't choose anybody. <laughs> you know, when you go to that census, you know, I have a, uh, they say North uh, North African and Middle Eastern are considered the white, white, whatever it is. Anyway, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, in the census. Hold up a yeah. card, they're like, yeah, it looks white enough to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how do they do it? Because we don't have, we can't say we're Asian, we're not Chinese, we're not Far Eastern. But it says that, uh, I remember, I think it's 2000, it says if you're uh, North African and Middle Eastern, you're, con- oh, you're con- considered uh, white. I don't That's know. Uh, the normal things. So, uh, how about uh, are you globalist in the term uh, 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 of finance, like uh, glo- uh, open borders with products and merchandise and things of that no. nature? I tend to tend to oppose globalism in almost every respect, except for global trade, and in a way that's fair trade, fairly balanced against the interests of both countries. The word I guess I'd use is re- reciprocal reciprocity. Okay. Right? If both parties, both nation states, are getting something out of it, all right, cool. But this whole thing where we're going to turn the world into one big thing that all looks the same, I'm 150,000% against that. I'm, I'm a pretty big nationalist on that front. And the other thing is, oh, let me just add one more circle back on the uh, the Israeli war and the thing. Yeah, take, take elaborate so we have time. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Um, I think the thing is it wasn't just about simply making the, the region more hospitable for them. I think it was also expansionist for their – their uh, greater Israel project, Eretz Israel, I guess they call it. Yeah. And they don't want just, you know, that little New Jersey size strip that they have. They want the whole. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can show. I'm sure you're probably familiar with the map, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty rough stuff. And and they, you know, they, they, they're they plenty of bulldoze right over the sovereignty of other other Arab countries to get that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll explain it to you. Uh, uh, Israel, according to Jewish organization now. They call Israel an apartheid state, you know, racist state within it. Yeah. But it has an Arab minority, 20% of inside Israel. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the occupied territories. Within the state of Israel, there's about 2-3 million Arabs who embrace Israel. And I said this, and they are, they just made a new law where it's called uh, Israel is an ethno-state with Jews. And these mm-hmm. are uh, a second-class citizen. At the same time, if you're making these laws inside Israel, why are you settling in the Palestinian and create more issues and you're not willing to, to concede that you want to stay a majority, but you're not going to stay a majority unless you have some other plan, like ethnic cleansing or mm. create a situation of war where you're going to push these people out of the, that area and push them toward Egypt. Or something's got to give because it's a lie. It doesn't make no sense. 
Yeah, it does seem brutal and genocidal, and it seems like it's it's a thing that they can get away with because of this whole. I mean, they have a whole concept of of basically everyone that's not them is uh, effectively human livestock. To them, you are me, I am we're we're just human livestock, I guess. And if if they have to just I don't know bull, bulldoze over the Palestinians, then whoa, this is yeah. totally disrespectful. It's totally human rights violation stuff. I think even the UN sanctioned them, and then it was just like you can't we never hear about it. You, you can't because the United States stands in the way of everything. It's like the, the, yeah. the you know, when you have a child and he's your favorite child, that's our favorite child. Yeah. And the other issue is they have an incentive not to make peace. If you get them $4 billion a year in free money from the United States, that's almost 10000 to every civilian inside Israel. They get in it. Oh, yeah. Why would you make peace? Right. And add that to the 60000 per year that they're getting in reparations from Germany over the Holocaust. And now you got to, they got to, well, I mean, that's a salary for every Israeli person, right? Yeah, I mean, why would you make peace? Uh, uh, like, for example, when Trump became president, he just gave them Jerusalem. He gave them the, he was giving away the land, the Golan Heights. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not getting nothing in return for uh, for making these people, uh, for giving away or for recognizing all these occupied uh, issues. The only issue I have is what's going on with the evangelists, uh, American evangelists and their love affair with Israel? Uh, I mean, Do you, are you familiar with their, their story with that? Yeah, I'm they want to uh, uh, induce the, the 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 rapture. It's called I don't know. I'm not familiar. With yeah, to, to, to the bring in. Yeah, understand is that they they think that the um, that Israel has to be a Jewish homeland. They have to, the Jews have to be in Israel in order for the Messiah to come or for Jesus Christ to come back. So they so they think that it's imperative for their for their end date of the entire religion. That you know, for Jesus to come back, the Jews have to be in Israel. So they they believe that. I think it's kooky myself. Yeah, uh, I was raised Christian early on. I'm I'm not really practicing now, but I think that's nuts. I think I don't think there's any proof of that, and even within the the scriptures or anything. I don't know where they get this idea from, but the evangelicals tend to believe it, and they tend to be harder Zionists than the Jews in America are. It's this totally yes. nutty stuff. And the problem with that is you have Christian Arabs, and Christian Arabs are poor as dirt over there, and they don't support their their own Christian uh, brethren well, because they have their Arab or Palestinian in Bethlehem and all these. Uh, 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 places in the Middle East or in Jordan or Lebanon, but the uh, the issue is you're right. It, 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 it's like a, a marriage of convenience. We're gonna bring you all to this one country. Then when the Messiah comes, then if you don't accept them, we kill you. Is that how it works? Are we gonna go to hell or, or, or the opposite? It's like you know being stuck in an island where each one wants to eat the other. You see me as a chicken, <laughs> and I see you as a lamb. You understand? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, so uh, it's really weird because. The Christians think that the Jews are all going to become Christians and accept Christ, and yeah. the Jews think that the Christians are all going to be—I forget what it is now. I think they're going to become <laughs> Noahides. They're going to become Noahide, uh, Noahides, and therefore they're like a sort of like a Jews in training, but never really get there, sort of thing. If you're familiar with the Noahide law, and, no. and I, I, maybe I don't know of how much I want to harp on that, but no. um, surprisingly, <laughs> like the Noahide law, some of that has been written into the American um, legal system, you know, very quietly behind the scenes, but it's it's already been put into our system for some reason. Yeah, kooky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go on. Uh, move a little further on. Um, do you consider yourself a, a nationalist or, or a patriot? Uh, well, I'd say both. I mean, I think, you know, nationalist tends to mean that you, you're for your people. I mean, you're, you're for your people. I think every person group on planet Earth tends to, should be for their people. And their people should have some place to call home. I think that should be for every different type of people group. Um, 
I think patriot tends to be, um, you know, the love of your your country specifically, I guess. And I think on both of those things, probably. Yeah, but I, are you, uh, what I'm trying to get at, I don't want to be too uh, rude on you, is are you an American nationalist or you're a white nationalist? That's what I'm trying to get. Oh, what is a white yeah. nationalist? Uh, I don't really, I don't really own the white nationalist label too much. I think that I am in the sense that, like I said, about everybody should be able to have their own place. I think, I think the problem with saying that is people assume that that means you're going to take over the whole area of what's now the United States and throw everybody that's not a white guy out. And that's, I'm not for that. So um, let's, yeah, so put that to sleep right now. But, you know, there, there is a way that it could be what's now the American land could be split up a little better and that people could maybe have their own home bases. And I don't see how that's, hateful or terrible or whatever they want to paint that as. Um, I, I think that it's, it's this, you know, it's a very vague concept and it means so different thing to everybody that it's, it's really contentious because of that. So what do you say? You want, you want an ethno state for whites? I mean, be honest. It's okay. I mean, yeah, just, no. Um, I mean, sort of like I said, though, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But I think also for everybody else too, I think, you know, there could be a, like, let's take the current U.S. land, right? You can yeah. break it up and there could be a white area. There could be a black area. There could be a, an Arab area. There could be a, a Jewish area. There could be a Chinese area. Well, you know, okay. But anyway, and that yeah. doesn't mean that everybody's, you know, who's, does that mean you're forbidden to come into mine or I'm forbidden to come into yours? You just come in as a guest, like coming into your home. And I'd have to respect your laws and your rules and your customs and not, you know, track mud all over your house or sit on your carpet. You know, you, there'd be, you know, decorum. So the idea, there's 130 million non-white in the United States. So it's, uh, the idea of putting them on boats and, and sending them back home is impossible. And there oh, yeah. are more, and there are more uh, biracial whites than there are that to that. So the whole idea is uh, the danger with that is, you know, this is your point of view, and I respect that. Then it becomes a purity uh, contest. Then who is uh, who qualifies uh, as white? Well, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not for kicking anybody out. So I mean, no, th that's the yeah. thing, right? So I mean, th that's where no, no, it becomes no. contentious. Wait, hold though, on. Right? I mean, I, I mean, in the state, let's say uh, we we oh, call okay. that. Yeah. No, uh, 15 states. We gave 15 sure. states for the whites. They want to look mm -hmm. there, but who qualifies uh, as white then? So, I mean, I think you'd have to go by what people call themselves. Like, for, I'll give you a good example, right? Barack Obama's mother is as white as I am, right? right? But what do you know Barack Obama as a white man? No, you know him as a black man because he calls himself a black man. He owns that identity, right? So you'd have to separate it by something like that. And I'm willing to be generous personally. I would be generous if I was in a position of power to dictate that. And I think you could argue for that. I think it wouldn't have to be this insanely rigorous thing of like, oh, you know, you're not the right shade and oh, there's, there's too much melanin in you. Is, that would be ridiculous. That would be, that would be a step backwards. I think it would be more about maintaining a peaceful order for everybody than it would be about, you know, asserting a supremacy over some group or just saying, oh, I'm better than you and I deserve more or something. I'm not, that's, that's going backwards for everybody. The reason I'm telling you that because, um, Eventually, let's say uh, a state does rise up. Let's say uh, the American people agree to, to cut the land. Everybody gets his own corner, whatever. Uh, then you have an issue with, with white, with white, uh, whiteism itself, because you have different uh, shades of whites. Uh, historically, uh, no, historically, uh, uh, whites from North uh, Europe of the uh, or Western Europe are considered of high uh, grade or high caliber. Historically, what uh, historically, not now, and people from the southern part of Europe are considered of low caliber uh, whiteness. I mean, Italian, you're an Italian, you're not even considered white uh, when, the, when they first came as immigrants. You I know, know what that, you're right? saying, yeah. yeah. 
No, I mean, so the funny thing is most Americans are a mix, right? We're like, I am, I am uh, half German, quarter Italian, quarter Irish. So I'm a mud of all different sorts of, yeah, yeah. of, of European, right? Yeah. So I, I, again, I wouldn't be too like rigorous about this. And I think you could talk most people into not being insane about it. There would be people who, of course, would try to be spurgs about it and try to be like hyper focused on purity. But I think purity is, is not what it's about. You know, I don't, I'm not for this like uh, racial supremacy aspect at all. I think it's far more about maintaining peace between people. And I think everyone does better when everyone has their own place. And I think you could you could argue for something like the Barack Obama principle I was describing, where you could, you know, if, if you call yourself a white person, if you if you believe you're a white person, then that'd be good enough. And then th- there comes the issue of uh, people that are mixed, right? Where, where would they belong? I'll let them pick. I don't I don't think it has to be this like rigorous of a thing or you could live between them. Even you could live in both or you could live. There's, there's a whole bunch of solutions that could come up, I think. But I think the biggest thing is I'm not for like keeping people out. I'm not for violence against anybody or any of this or being horrible or nasty to anybody. And I don't think any of that's necessary. I think people largely separate themselves on their own. They don't have to be forced to. They just live amongst their own people and feel most comfortable that way. Right. I understand. But um, a lot of people say diversity is good. I mean, strength. The United States has been the greatest experiment on Earth. We are, we are the most powerful nation, the richest uh, nation on Earth. Uh, we are second to none as we are right now. Why? Why fix something that's not broke? I would say it is broke, but I'd say also though I don't th- I don't think we're I don't think we're getting rid of the benefits, right? Yeah. I think we're not if we're not kicking people out, if we're not using violence against people, if we're not forcing people going, oh, you're not white enough, or oh, you're not black enough, or whatever. If we're not doing any of that, then I, I don't see what the harm is. Um, I, I think it, there is kind of a, a break, though, right? I mean, you've we watched the whole violence of summer of 2020, where I mean, it was people burning down cities, Antifa, BLM, the the whole thing. I mean, there was there was some serious racial animus going on there. There was open calls for kill whitey type stuff, and you know, the thing is, is we could write that off as oh, that's just a few kooks, but we've seen this in South Africa, and we've seen where this goes, and it's it's ugly. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not it could end up in a place that's not all that different from Palestine where you're, you're, yeah. you know, you're having this oppression by the people who are yeah. out of control, you know? The reason, the reason I started with the immigration issue that we have, we should have control. Uh, remember when I, we had that conversation before and I said, we don't want to disturb the, the cohesion of what we got now. Uh, uh, I can understand if white feel nervous about being a minority, any group will feel nervous. I mean, it's, it's a natural thing. You don't want to be a minority uh, when you used to be a majority. Nobody wants right. to lose power, even if it's in a, a school cafeteria when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if we maintain that, uh, 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 we lower that immigration statute and we keep the the, the 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 nation as a way, as it is right now, 60, 70% white, 60% white, and the rest, isn't that acceptable? I mean, wouldn't that be good to keep this country uh, together? If you could put a stop on the change, I think you could. I think the trouble would be getting that to happen. And I think the trouble is, is I think like you mentioned earlier, yeah. um, the, the way they're collecting this data, who says – it's the same back to the same problem. Is who says what qualifies as white, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're probably counting Jews. They're probably counting Arab Americans. They're probably counting all kinds of people that are not yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. European in the traditional you know, Western European sense. So you know, how do we even categorize all this mess? You know, it's – there's, there could be a better way around all of this. I mean, we could seriously come together and have some kind of discussion. But first, we have to uh, 
untaboo. We have to remove the taboo around discussing race, just like the just like the Israeli thing, right? If people are going to scream and yell anti-Semitism at the drop of a hat, then you can't yeah. really ever have a discussion about no. it, right? No, I understand. Uh, I mean, because I had a discussion with a, with a, another individual, and we're talking about uh, you know how the mainstream uh, media, pro, white supremacy, uh, white nationalism, all this. So I was speaking to him, and then he told me that he said, "Listen," and he's an Arab, you know. Uh, he say, "You know, I could understand these uh, the reaction if white people have toward being a minority because they 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 built this country, they they yeah. fought for this country, they died in wars." I mean, he said that, and that makes sense to me. And uh, we should not uh, make them extremists because that's the way they think. It's only a natural uh, uh, reaction as human beings. I mean, we could yeah. react like that. The Sloan is we don't use violence or hurt other people or, or, or try to condone violence. That's an issue we have. But people could do the, but uh, you know, but let me get back to something. Did you know that 80% of the political power is in white male hands in the United States? White people have 80, almost 80% to 75% of political power and probably 90 cents of the wealth of this country. So you guys are right at the top. That's interesting. I never really heard that. So is that yeah. based on what, what, what distinction based on voting? No, no, I'm talking about wealth. Well, oh, no, political power. I mean, in power, if you, if you go to the, to the level of power, mm-hmm. it's, it's still white America that, that controls the level mm-hmm. of power in state houses. If you go down in other states, uh, in Congress, in the Senate, and all over that place. I mean, it's still, it's still in every kind of way. It's still a white country in a way with a, with, with minorities in it, if you can't mm-hmm. say. But the problem is that the issue is America is not. It was not founded. You see, the issue we have is the United States was not founded as an ethno state. You understand? It was not say this country is for the white, like like English are from England, right? The okay. French, the French, uh, is an ethnic group. They are from France, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amer- America is like a concept. There's, there's no such thing as American. I mean, American is like this concept of these people who identify with this name as an umbrella under this umbrella. I mean, can we agree on that, or do you think? Uh, well, that's that's kind of where the conflict lies, right? It's it's the question of is America a proposition nation, which is what you're describing, right? Or yeah. is it a blood and soil country? Like, and, yeah. I mean, that is sort of the debate. That is that is kind of the character is characterization of it um i think it's it's a little bit of both i mean i think it's been presented as as the what you described as a proposition nation where it's just a, a concept yeah. and it's been sold as that certainly for the last 70 years really hard i think right. before that it was well i mean it was 90 percent white people and the 10 percent right. were the descendants of african slaves for the most part right, right. so I mean, it was it was technically kind of was a white nation in that sense. It was predominantly, you know, the different ethnicities of European. And I mean, that's sort of what the the white is a, is a shorthand for, right? I could go around saying I'm a European diaspora, but that's a big fat mouthful, and nobody yeah. knows what the hell you're talking about, right? So, you know, but um, I, I you know, things change. I, I'm not I'm not so like, oh no, we can't have change. That's terrible. But I think this this like you said, actually, the the threat of becoming a minority is a pretty bad thing for people. I think, yeah. like, I mean, just let's just sort of for rhetorical sake, let's take it on another place. Let's say we, we, we all, me, you, everybody else, we just rushed into China and they let us come in as immigrants and we just kept coming in and kept coming in and kept coming in. And now the Chinese are looking at becoming, you know, 49% of the population and then down. How would they feel? They would go, what? The, you know, they would, like you said, it's a natural reaction because you're going to lose political power, you're going to lose wealth. 
you're going to lose traction in, in the country that was built by your ancestors' hands. That's pretty threatening stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I want to push back on that. Like I said, yeah. Chinese are ethnic, uh, they, they are Chinese from China. Mm-hmm. But we are the people who immigrated to another country that had no ethnicity to it. I mean, the only ethnic people that are, I mean, to be, I, I don't want to sound, you know, are Native Indians that are actually, we could say, oh, these people belong to this country because they are born of the land. But us, we all immigrated. It just happened that whites got here first, established themselves, and they established this great nation. Sometimes I think the founding fathers were fucking aliens between me and you because they had this concept of democracy, democracy before anybody even thought about it, I, you know. I mean, we cannot say that we are an ethno state by any uh, uh, any in, any measure. I mean, you, you understand what I'm trying to get. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, forgive me if I'm not making myself clear. No, no, that's. I think I know what you mean. Um, they they kind of were in a sense. I mean, they were they were basically Freemasons, right? They were. That's yeah. where they got it from. I mean, literally, our constitution is sort of modeled off the Freemason constitution. Believe it or not, um, there's actually a book on it where they kind of compare and contrast, and it's. Is pretty similar. So they sort of modeled what is the U.S. Constitution off the Freemason Constitution. And that's yeah. so different from what the common people of that time even knew. So in a sense, you're right. They were kind of, you know, outer space aliens like that. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I tend to see the United States as a conquered vision, land. So the vision they had is unbelievable at that time for people, are, yeah. are, 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 you know. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. I know what you mean. You're right. Just to even not have a king, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the, yeah. That was different for the time, for sure. Um, you know, the thing is, it worked. The More or less, it worked. For most of my life, it worked. But I think in the last few years, we've really seen a serious, I don't know how to say it, I like guess, seismic disruption in the in the landscape of America. And while that's happening, we're seeing troubling forces happening inside the United States. We're seeing the subversion of our country on many levels and not just whites. I mean, whites probably are taking a lot of the brunt of it, but it's, it's pretty much all Americans are seeing, you know, more and more degeneracy pushed more and more total absence of morals or any upstanding character, more and more pushes for various communism kind of stuff where, you know, you should just give me UBI and I should sit at home and play PlayStation, eat pizza and whack off all day. This is, this is not, this is not a country, you know, we can't do that. It won't work. <laughs> People, the, the problem is it's a, uh, so uh, there's this concept from pop propertarianism. It's this, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's, they say uh, it's called baiting into hazard, right? Where you, you trick people into doing something that's harmful for them. And it's, it's based on a false promise, right? Like, don't worry, we'll just send you money. And you know, it's, it's making them think that something will work that won't. And then once it, they get it locked in too late, now you can't get out. And you've basically been tricked into a trap. So that's, you know, it's, it's no good. And that's sort of the general story of communism, right? I mean, it never tends to work. Yeah, to go back to the issue, uh, remember I said ethnicity or uh, mm-hmm. white, white or black is not an ethnic uh, identity. It's just a pigmation of a skin. It's a color of a skin. A matter of fact, the, the first time they were, the term white was used was in 1672, the first time in the Oxford Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Due to the uh, uh, the Bacon Rebellion, you ever heard of the Bacon Rebellion of uh, Virginia? It sounds familiar. I don't remember the details. Okay, the na- the Nathaniel Bacon were uh, there was poor whites like uh, you know in Virginia, and there was indentured servant whites. So there's two, and there were slaves. So and he had this elite uh, 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 who who you know on the land who were making money, dancing you know with the, those long dresses. So he he made a militia that was made of slaves. Indentured white servants and poor whites, and they attacked the uh, the capital of Virginia. I think it's Jamestown. I don't know what that is, and they burned it down to the to the to the ground. 
Then after that, they realize they have to uh, induct these poor whites into the situation to avoid it again. There, there was no white before 1672. You know mm -hmm. that, right? No, I didn't. I didn't know the distinction was started there, but I did know it was into the Constitution that it was written into the Constitution. How, how was it? Where was it? Um, when they discussed who would become part of the uh, American, you know, Empire as they were forming, it said white men of good character and standing. I think, which you know, basically meant you weren't a criminal or degenerate, effectively, and that you yeah. largely that you own land and that you were, you know, for for the country or vaguely, pro, um, you know, vaguely patriotic, but. Um, that, that's where I, I tend to see the, the legitimization of it for, for better or worse. Um, the, the accurate term is to say European, but I mean, it's just more of a mouthful. And it also, you, you know, when you're talking about, like we were talking about, you were talking about ethnicities, right? Cause there's different ethnicities of European, right? Like Irish, Italian, German are different ethnicities, but they're all the European race. So just if you, if you get a mix like me of those three, then yeah. it's just easier to shorthand it and call it white. Right, right. I walk around going, I'm a European, I'm a European, I'm, you know, I'm a European diaspora. But it's just, it just doesn't sound as, you know, it sounds less, it's just like black folk, right? Black, there's, there's a pe black people from uh, Nigeria are quite different from black people from uh, Ethiopia or something, right? They're, they're, those are different black ethnicities, but we just call them black to just lump all the sub-Saharan Africans together. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just sort of a shorthand, sort of like Arabs too. There's a bunch of different Arabs, right? I mean, you can yeah, probably yeah. tell me a hell of a lot better than I know, but right, 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 right. I think you mentioned you're from Yemen when you're talking to Adam Green. Is that right? Yeah, I'm from Yemen. Uh, I immigrated here when I was a child, and um, and I, I'm proud to be. I, I don't know. I, I'm proud to be an American. Like, I mean, I love this country more than I love everything. Because, you know, it, it has given me more than I, I would have a guy. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to yeah. appreciate what you got. I don't know how, you Absolutely. know, that's how I feel personally. But let's continue on this thing. So sure. this ethno city you're saying, what is it going to be a Christian country? I mean, you got you got you have to think it over before you start. You guys are going to go in chaos. You know, we have to, <laughs> we're going to have to come down there and rescue you guys, you know, to, to start. So for the so we're specifically referring to if the America that we know now was to be broken up into smaller ethno states for each race. That's what we're talking about, though. Yeah, let's say okay. white America has its own country. You get the white zone, okay? Yeah, and you yeah. guys have declared your own country. You have your own sure. constitution, and we're okay. neighbors, good neighbors. But is it going to be a Christian country? I would say it would probably be a split of the various European different backgrounds. One would probably be think of it like a tripartite thing. You'd have one part that's Christian, one part that's pagan, one part that's other right i don't even know but you'd probably split it up amongst the different people of our backgrounds i mean if you, you do, just switch it on to the other hand and sort of turn it back on, on to question to you i mean if you were to split up a, a, a say yemen or, or another arab country wouldn't you have different sects and do you'd probably have muslim would be a giant chunk but you probably have other ones too right christian and we have, right? we have we have all but a small percentage yeah, you know, we have uh, uh, blacks and Africans, but we don't call them black like here. I mean, they're considered uh, Yemenis, but we all know they are from a different, darker region. You know, we'll say that these guys are from that. Let's say these are Californians. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, we yeah. don't say, you know, uh, you threw me out. I was going to go. Um, so you're saying that uh, it could be a mix. So this is why I told you that. So what do you do to people from Bosnia and from Albania? These are whites as probably more whiter than you are. You're probably a little sure. Italian. Uh, mm -hmm. They have blue eyes, they have white skin. What you, and they're Muslims. What are you going to do with these people? Can they join this country? Fine. I wouldn't have an issue with them. Oh, okay. Then. I mean, so, I, you know, I, tend to, I tend to go on, on reciprocity. I, I tend to treat people 
the way I tend to be a mirror, basically. I tend to treat you with whatever you're treating me with. The energy you project onto me, I project back at you, you know? Yeah, so that yeah. way I give you what you give me. So you treat me nice, I treat you nice. You treat me bad, I treat you bad. That's pretty simple. No, no, no. It makes life very easy, right? No, that's personal uh, uh, conduct. Like if you meet on the subway or something, I say, hey, listen, now you want a beg or whatever. But we're talking about a country right now. You're talking about a country sure. with a constitution, with an army mm-hmm. that has broken uh, that has broken from the United States. Uh, because it wants to be on its own, because it, it feels comfortable with its pigmation. That's how you say that word, because they want to be white, because that's only an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do? I mean, you're not in charge. You're not going to be in charge. Yeah. You're going to have different, you know. Uh, let me, before you go, let me give you an idea what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like in, in Yemen and other countries, we had the, the, the Arab Spring, you know, the revolution. Mm-hmm. When the students came, they overthrew all the deep state and everything. But it doesn't always work out. Different yeah. characters come out of the uh, out of the woodworks. They take over everything and they throw everybody in jail. All of a sudden, you got warlords, people that you didn't you didn't, you didn't see you don't think they were going to come into account. That's what I'm trying to say. That it's yeah. not going to be a, a you know a, a daydream thing that's going to happen. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's not clean. I understand what you're saying for sure. It's not it's not what we would fantasize it to be. I, I get what you're yeah. saying for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing is is. Um, it's kind of going to ultimately not going to matter as far as I'm concerned, because I, I don't think it's not people like me that are going to cause this to happen. I think right. this this rift that's happening in the United States is something that people like me have zero control over. We're as on, along for the ride like you and basically everybody else. And it, it's going to there's going to be some kind of calamity. It really appears that way. Yeah. And, and regardless of what normal people like us do. And so it's yeah. just going to be about how do we respond to the situation afterwards, right? I don't think yeah. that we're going to start some kind of, you know, uh, ethno-state uprising thing or something because yeah. that, that would be crazy and silly and probably yeah. unwise as well, yeah. like you're saying. Um, you know, so the thing is, is we're, we're going to get to somewhere where we have to decide how to form up in groups and then how to govern those groups, kind of like human beings always have. And we, we could decide it by, you know, race or we could decide it by something else. And I think even within different areas and different regions, people will decide it by different things, even within that region, you know, it'll keep going down and down in scale, almost like an onion. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say um, the, the, the sort of diversity mix in a place like New York city, like you're, you're at is very, very different from a place that's like in yeah. the center of America. I'm sure you're well aware. And uh, it just, you have a very different experience of it in a big city than you do in the countryside. You know, it's very different kind of feel. Because, for example, in New York City, when I get on a train, uh, in one, in one uh, uh, wagon of the train, you could have 50 different kind of people in there. Yeah. Everybody's reading different uh, language newspaper, and nobody gives a damn about what the other guy's doing. Everybody's reading, just trying to get to work, you know, like sardines. Sure. Okay, um, let's go back to the wealth. What I'm saying is that um, the wealth, uh, I mean, why would you give up this wealth that you have? I mean, I know that the majority of white people are poor. I mean, without any doubt. Yeah. But the elites of white people, uh, they, they own the wealth of this country. Like, I think more well, than, I mean, like, like, uh, three people, I think, own more than 150 million worth uh, wealth of the United States, right? Sure, but are, are they white? I thought they were Jewish, to be quite honest. Yeah, well, I mean, Elon Musk is worth $300 billion. That's not a chunk change. Oh, Elon Musk, yeah. Elon Musk is one of the few. Elon Musk and Bezos, I believe, are white men. I think that the, Bezos is half uh, Cuban, I believe. Yeah, I think you know, like Zuckerberg is obviously Jewish. There's yeah. a lot of them are quite frankly Jewish individuals. Well, 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 it's Buffett. Is Warren Buffett? I don't know what Buffett is. I mean, I I don't know the, the what they are, but I know they're white. I mean, to me, I mean, they they own more than wealth than the the bottom half of the United States population. Yeah. 
What I'm trying to say is we, we got a good thing going right now in the United States. America is like a vase. You know, when you buy a vase, if you break it, then it's, yeah. hard, to, it's hard to put it back together, my friend. It's going to be very difficult to put it back together again. That's interesting you put those two uh, themes and concepts next to each other, though, because it's going to be the very wealthy people and institutions that break the vase, not not poor yeah, little me, you know. It's, yeah. I, I obviously have no idea uh, the wealthy you possess or don't possess, but, um, yeah. like, I, I, I probably would guess, just based on statistics, you're probably not a billionaire, right? That's yeah. not accurate. But um, so that, my point is, is that we were it's going to be the ultra wealthy that are going to scheme and plot and these kind of things that are going to cause the issue that's going to cause this base to break. It's not going to be people like me. Yeah, because I, I know I know what it's like when a country fails, when a state fails, uh, especially you have this great nation from one side of the Atlantic to the Pacific with different nationality, ethnicity, religious belief. Yeah. The people, even people even worship the devil here and. and uh, it's going to be like the volcano that will erupt for a thousand years before it calms down and it comes back to normal. If it ever comes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying here? It'll be a tragedy. Uh, it is a tragedy. I think the American experience is a beautiful experience, but we have to figure out how to save it. I think this, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't agree with you uh, to break it into uh, small chunks of land because what makes America powerful? It's uh, uh, I know it's going to sound uh, you know it's diversity, but it's wealth. It's wealth. You have fifty states, almost like fifty countries. Yeah. These are countries. Every state is like a bigger than a country, and you have these people where you could travel from New York City all the way to California on a highway, one highway. The only thing you fear is that maybe you can have an accident because sure. we have one order, we have everything and opportunities. But when you get to this. Um, your idea of breaking into different ethno, uh, into different states or to different countries, we're going to be like the Native Indian. You know, everybody's going to be yelling from every corner, and we're going to become uh, uh, a prize uh, for other countries just to take over and come in and play as they like in our country. You understand? How do you? Let me let me kind of ask you a question though in this regard. How do you reconcile the issue between uh, leftists and rightists in this country? How do you reconcile the Republican Democrat rift that has now grown? so abrasive, so fierce and angry, how do you reconcile it? How do you get that together without a national divorce? This is the problem. I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And, um, I, you know, like I told you, I, I told you in the beginning, they corrupt as they are. Yeah. And their corruption is adding to all this tribalism that we have. Mm -hmm. It's affecting the idiots like us on the street. Now we start to, <laughs> oh, look at that. I'm a red state. He's a blue state. Are we starting to think in those terms? Now the idea, um, I don't know how we're going to clean these people up, how to get them out of Washington. It's very hard because they're already in there, ingrained into the system of corruption. Like what do you call it, the swamp? I think it's called over there. Yeah, and, deep um, state. The deep state and all that. But I fear, you know, uh, because I'm from a region that's unstable, and I've seen how instability produces uh, a, a tsunami of violence against neighbor yeah. against neighbor, region against region. People against people, people who live in harmony, you know, they are the same. And political uh, it creates violence and, it be, and violence begins violence. That's what I'm afraid. Uh, I don't want this country to fracture or lose its, its sense of, of wealth and prestige because a lot of bad actors going to come into the situation from Europe, from Russia, from the Middle East. Even Canada will become a bad actor. Mexico will start mm -hmm. to claim California and Arizona uh, if we see a weak country. You know, oh, this is yeah. our land. Uh, you know, uh, they, they claim Texas. It's true. 
You understand? Because yeah. I saw that in, in Yemen. All these bad countries will come in and start playing games inside this country. But I don't know how to, I don't know how we're going to solve this problem, but we need to think about it fast because we're heading toward a cliff. Uh, everybody's saying it. Everybody feels it. Okay, the, the national divorce. You know, I hear the word civil war a lot. I never heard it in my whole life here. You know, the other night I was watching CNN. I'm saying, I got scared. I shut off the TV. Civil war, civil war. What the? I thought the troops were already outside my house. You know, the the, the rebel. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when they say the civil war, who against who? I mean, I, I don't I don't have no stomach to carry uh, any arms against you. Or I don't think you're gonna come here and kill me and my children. Or you have no. that. You understand? Know so what's the civil yeah. war talking about? I mean, is it? It's- that's a great question. That's a great question yeah. because it's like who who is shooting at who, right? Because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, that is a good point. Um, because the leftists, yeah. what they do, leftists all they do, they wear pussy hats. They're not violent people. They're fucking idiots. Yeah. You know, they they drink latte and all that. I mean, it's not they're right. They're not like these kung fu karate people. I mean, they're they're not violent issue people. They just talk. They they just noisy on Twitter. Believe me, believe it or not. Right. So I mean, when they say a civil war, okay. Who's going to carry arm against who? I mean, I think the Americans, especially on the right side of America, have watched uh, for the last couple of years where you have these groups like Antifa burning down whole American cities and, you know, punching old people in the head. And I mean, one of them literally shot a guy just because he had a Trump hat on this kind of stuff. And they think that eventually this is going to boil over. I don't think that's a good thing either. I think that'll be terrible. I don't think it should happen. And I don't even know how you would know that like oh that guy is my political enemy i'm gonna get him you know i don't how would that yeah, even, how you would can. you even know so yeah. uh, it it would be a total mess it would be a disaster i'm not for that at all i've never advocated no. for a war i think that'd be a freaking disaster but uh, kind of like you i don't see any way to stop it i think that the problem is is that if it happens it'll be orchestrated it will orchestrate it'll be uh the the institutions and the, the forces in them will be manipulated by these same corrupt individuals to trigger it by pushing this, pushing that, pushing this, pushing that until they create enough stress that something triggers and then it's a snowball down a hill, you know? Yeah. And, and this is a disaster because neither you nor I nor most people like us have the power to actually stop this. The only thing we have the power to do is not take the shot, you know, to not grab a gun and shoot at the other guy. That's, that's kind basically of- it. Example, I, mean, I have family in Tennessee. I have family in uh, Alabama. You know, I'm a New Yorker, of course. You know, I love New York. I mean, you mm-hmm. see our address and everything. But <laughs> what side is my family on the other side? Were they going to be refugees here? Or, uh, I mean, they, they love where they are at. I mean, they they talk like hillbillies. Sorry, excuse me, the, the land. They were born <laughs> there. You know, they've been there. You know, they're, they're, they're like second yeah. generation. They have, they have a Tennessean accent when they talk, come here. And, yeah, we laugh at them when they talk. You understand? Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to ask you the this uh, before we go. I mean, let's just hope for the best. Can we can we agree yeah. on that? Let's hope yeah, that God protects our country, and let's hope uh, we have a reconciliation and start a dialogue. And say we don't need that headache. And trust me. Oh yeah. Well, well we uh, the, the word America has so much weight in, in the international arena. You cannot even comprehend it. I want to ask you something when before I go. Uh, I'm going to tell you, tell me if they're real or grifters, these people. I'm going to mention their name on uh, sure. Ben Shapario, real or grifter? Mm-hmm. I think a mix of both. They More grifter than real, but both. I think there's some real to him and mostly grifter, to be honest now. I think he's a grifter, to me, personally. I don't think he believes when he's doing all this bullshit about him moving to Tennessee and all that guy. This is all yeah, fucking. That, it does seem uh, dishonest, doesn't it? 
Yeah, Dave Rubin. Uh, a little bit more real than Ben Shapiro, but still kind of a little bit of grift in there too. Yeah. Dennis Pager, Pager, you grift, all grift. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Candace Owen. Uh again a mix, but I think she's probably more real than grifter. But she's right. got some grifter in there too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what do you want to close on? You want to say something where they could find you and everything? Yeah. First, let me say this to clear the air. We it's a conversation. We have to have dialogue in, yeah. in, in social media. I, I didn't get to the you know to the censorship and all that. We didn't get a chance to. But I just want to make this clear that the reason I invite people of different uh, idea, thinking ideas is because we we want to talk. I want to have a conversation with them. I want to see what they're thinking and let people hear them out. And it's a market of ideas. Whoever wins, hey, good luck. It's like we're selling a product here. Anyway, where they can find you uh, and. Sure. Um, you can find me at nightnation.review on Odyssey. That's a shortcut URL that takes you to my live stream on Odyssey. You can also find nightnationreview.org. It takes you to my whole Odyssey channel. Or uh, nightnation.live takes you to all the links that I have in one spot. And um, I'd say also, let me let me just quickly address the, uh, the Civil War thing and all this before we go. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't want to advocate for that. I think it would be a horrible thing. I oh. hope that when... I hope that when the COVID thing hit and people started to have shortages of things like toilet paper, they started to get an idea that if the infrastructure, if the systems that are all intermeshed together that make up the society, if any part of that starts to break down, not only does your life become inconvenient and ugly, but it could become unsafe. It could be really, really bad on a daily basis. And I don't think anybody should really want for this. However, I think there is also a way that we could peacefully kind of go our own way and that's that's why i do kind of like the idea of the divorce because it's like a divorce it's like should we keep having these daily you know battles in the kitchen or should we just go our own ways and and live our own lives and if you want to be a a a far lefty guy in uh, in brooklyn or whatever and you want to do that you do everything you want to do over there and i'm going to be the far right guy or whatever over here in texas and we'll just do our own thing and not touch each other you know that's that would be my so what, what do you do with a guy named Jack from your from your side of the uh, likes uh, a black girl and I, or, or an Arab girl on our side? What are you gonna do with him? You gonna deport him? Oh. It's up to him. But if he marries, you're gonna bring. A, if he, you're not gonna let him bring her in and have children, are you? Because you know, remember that the state the state is based on on ethnicity now. It's not a state based on religion or anything. This is a brand new concept. Uh, the the country you want to start. So. Well, uh, so it's still based on majority, right? Marry, you can have exceptions, he, right? Uh, uh, let's say he wants to marry a, a not let's uh, let's not the pick a certain group. He wants to marry a non-white girl, mm-hmm. yeah. and he wants to bring her to your country, to the new country. I mean, what do you do with the kids? He's you talking about doing mixed race kids, like Barack Obama style. Yeah, yeah. So what are you going to do with an Obama? Let him live where his parents want to live. I guess they would get to pick. I have a very moderate position about that. I think, you know, I think the thing is, is it's about majorities, right? Like, as we talked about the minority majority thing, right? It's it's about majority. And I think if there's a few people who are exceptions, I don't think that that's a big deal. I don't I don't think it's yeah. to me it's not about purity, you know. But that beats the purpose of your country. You know, uh, maybe in principle, maybe in principle. Yeah, I mean, then you just did it for no reason. Let's say, I mean, people fall <laughs> on, no, for reason. People fall in love. I mean, uh, love is a very uh, sure, strong, sure. Uh, strong thing or, yeah. or uh, uh, issue. And uh, then you start having like maybe five percent of your population having. Uh, uh, I give you in Israel. In Israel, there are more than fifteen thousand uh, uh, Palestinian married to Israeli women who are not mm-hmm. allowed. To 
They are not allowed to get any citizenship, by the way. They, they, they deny mm-hmm. it there, you know, because they're, they're Arab. But it shows you that there is a, you know, after a while, even people hate each other, whatever, they start marrying. You'll find a group that fall in love. So what are you going to do if 5% of the population start to marry into outside of the uh, America and wants to bring their kids there? And it beats the whole purpose. Well, I'd say they have to choose, man. It's a, it's a matter of choice. And th- there is the freedom in it, right? You could choose to go to the liberal America or you could choose to go to the more conservative America. And I think that's that gives them the ability to choose. They can go where they want to go. And I don't think anybody should be forced to do anything, really. I'm very libertarian about that. Okay, but the citizenship will be based on color or creed or, or ethnicity. It has uh, to be on color because that's what you – I mean, you can't say no. Well, I mean, race is only color, right? I mean, that, that's the thing, right? I mean, we're talking about race. We're not really talking about just skin color. Skin color is a sort of outer uh, signal about which race you belong to, but race is far more than just skin color. For example, you can have a, a, a African who has an albino African. They look white. So it's not just skin color, right? It's, it's basically genetic lines that run parallel to each other over many thousands of years, and, um, and they're phenotypes and, and genetic so clusters. So how are you going to take DNA tests? They do in Israel. We'll say that. No, but, but I mean, yes, because uh, I'm going to tell you a lot of Italians are Arabs. A lot of Italians? Oh, you mean like in, in Italy, a lot of Italians are Arabs? Sicilians. Sicilians are mixed with the Moors for centuries. Sure. Uh, Sicilian. they, 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 even, there's a, a city there called Muslimin. It's a, a, an Italian uh, due to the Moors who came from North Africa. They settled in Sicily. That's why they have a darker skin than the Northern uh, brethren mm-hmm. over there. So what are you going to do? And look, Fante's Fante turned out to be a uh, 25%. You know, he blocked me because I told him that when he sees to be a Twitter. <laughs> I told him, you know, I told him, Nick, what are you going to do if you take a DNA, turn out to be 25% like me? Arab. He blocked me. <laughs> so what are you going to, you know, you, you, I mean, uh, uh, you, you understand once you go down the, uh, the, the, the slippery slope of genetic uh, DNA, then it becomes a purity uh, test. Then you're going to start have um, pures, the second pure, the impure, the third pure. Then you're gonna have stages, and then then it's, it's gonna get chaotic. I, I think you guys should give it up. I mean, it's a bad idea. From my, I think from the my, people have to decide. I think the people have to decide what what you know. They, it would have to be a, a a sort of group decision on these things. I mean, in the same way that we have group decisions and laws now, it'd have to be discussed. It'd have to be discussed honestly and publicly, and people would have to come to decision like what makes what. And I mean, for for example, the Israel one is a good example. They decided on that for whatever reason. And they decided what constitutes what percentage of this you have to do that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's about it has to not be about declaring oneself better than everybody else. It has to not be going, oh, I'm, you know, 45 percent white. And that means I'm better than you because you're 33 or whatever it is. You, it can't be this like thing about being better than other people. It has to be just about where you belong. And, and you know, also it could also be I mean, that's just one concept. There could be several different manners of dealing with this. You, you could also just, like I said, I think the best way is let people decide. If, if Barack Obama feels comfortable being a, a black man and not addressing the fact that his mother is about as white as I am and just uh, ignoring that, then he's a black man. You know, I don't need to go, oh, you know, you're not really a fully black man because your mom is white. And that's that's silly. You know, you just know what people want to be. I have an answer for that because we live in a liberal society. Let's say uh, an Obama, uh, Barack Obama says, well, listen. My mother's from Arkansas. That's where she's from, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm Arkansas. I want to stay on your side. What are you going to do? Then you have a lot of issues. You have you got to think this thing over <laughs> when you do it. Because <laughs> I, honestly, because yeah, I, I've been in these rooms like a bit shoot, and I've seen guys debate like, uh, and they're talking about, oh, you're 16% of this, you're 17% of that, you're 18% as whites. They're already arguing about their percentage of their, of their whiteness 
in a chat room. Imagine when you have a state with weapons and people and power and money and wealth to be had, you know, greed and everything. Then you're going to get into a situation because you said Israel. Israel, uh, they have a, if your mother, if you convert to Judaism, you're considered Israeli. If your mother is Jewish, you are considered Israeli and you have the right to return. But here right. you, are, you are not basing it on a certain, you don't have an ethnicity here. Because white is not, white is just a pigmation of, of the skin. Like uh, when I say I'm Arab, that's an ethnicity. You understand? Because I'm from Arabia. If you okay. say you're Italian, that's an ethnicity. Because you're from Italy. You understand? Sure. But, but when you base this new nation on the basis of a pigmation because you're white, then you're going to have a lot of issues because then who is white enough? I know you said we're going to work it out. It's hard to work it out because I just gave you a good example. Let's say 5% of the population fall in love with, with interracial uh, from outside the town. What are you going to do with those kids? Sure, but you're, you're, you're talking about exceptions more than the, the majority. These, no, these but, uh, people you're referring to as an example would be not the bulk of the population. They'd be the border of the of the you know chart, right? No, yeah, it's going it's to come up eventually because, sure, uh, you sure. know, uh, uh, people are difficult. The thing is, we've we, we've never we've never we've been so far away from anything that resembles this in the United States that we've never even thought it through. We've never had public discussions about it. We've never even considered it. So we don't really know how this could be worked out one way or the other. So I think it's it would be foolish to come to any kind of conclusive decision. Say it's got to be this way and only that way. We could never do it any other way. So we we couldn't do that. And I, I personally, I'm very against the purity competition thing. But all oh, your moral, yeah. you know that that doesn't that doesn't do it for me. That's you. We'd have to work it out in a very public way and we'd have to have debates about it and we'd have to figure it out. And then if, if it didn't work, then maybe it's a bad idea. But I think there's become such a there's become such a rift in this country and largely it's a manufactured rift at this point. that I don't know that you're going to be able to heal it. You know, how are you going to be able to heal it? I think what we need in this country is not to, to, to break it into pieces. I think that's that's foolish and in the long term is self-defeating and might create more problems than it really solves. We should do what Nathan, Nathan, uh, you have to go something because you can probably look on something. You, you have time. You have time. Again? You have time because you keep on looking at a watch or something. You have time. Oh, no, I was checking the, uh, the chat. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Like we, we have to, we have to do, like I said, um, this idea, uh, it, might, it might be a romantic to you or the other individual, but in the end it's chaotic. And trust me, it will create more chaos than it will solve. The only idea is, you said, how to solve the corruption that's going on in Washington, right? It is to do what Nathan Bacon, Nathan, Nathan Bacon did. You got to read on this guy and what he did. You have to unite the poor whites, which are probably 80% of the population, of white population of poor. They're not rich, right? And the, the poor black, the poor everybody, unite them as a militia or as one person or as one political entity and give the middle finger to the elites in Washington. These people who are dinosaurs, they're 81 years old, 91 years old. Even COVID-19 didn't kill them. That's, that's how strong they are. They don't want to leave power in Washington. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the problem is it's not going to be, it's not going to be common people that cause a breakup of the United States, racial yeah. or otherwise. They didn't, I mean, it wasn't common people that caused the, the racial situation now, really. It was, it was the so-called elite people. You know, they, they are organizing, they are orchestrating this stuff. They're funding... These these groups of BLM, for example, and they're they're causing this rift, and I don't know how that you're going to be able to heal it by just going, oh, we're better off together because that's it's been none oh, for seventy yeah. years. 
But there, there, there's a lot of people who have comments. Don't worry about the, those idiots that came out and stole the sneakers. There was a criminal that came out and rioted and broke into people's businesses. They were not fighting for any civil rights. They were fighting to get the uh, jeans and clothes free, whatever it is. But right. they do not represent the majority of, of African-Americans. African-Americans are very religious people. I'm from New York. And on Sunday, this is the honest truth. On Sunday, the, the most fullest churches I see are the Spanish churches and the black churches. They are the double park, triple park. You, you can't even drive in certain areas because they, they, they go to Sunday churches and all that. You have the small uh, area. But the whole idea is that um, if we could use the, the idea of Nathan Bacon, the Bacon Rebellion of 1676, if you want to look at it later, we have, to, uh, we have a lot in common as, as poor people, you know, uh, struggling people. Like, for example, before COVID-19, 43% of America didn't have $500 in a bank account. So uh, when they say white privileges, I laugh. Whites don't have no privileges. They're poor as fuck. Excuse my language. They're, right. uh, they're poor as me. So if we can get this group, which probably 80, 90% of the population, and, and unite the, the, the poor people campaign called Malcolm X, uh, not Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King called it the poor people campaign, and unite, unite these people as a political ent- entity and defeat this elitism in Washington, the forgotten man, the the lobbyists, the the uh, what's in it for me, a uh, uh, piece of garbage. There, I mean, can, can we do that? I mean, so don't you think that as soon as we, so, let's say you achieve that, don't you think that on day one they'll send in um, subverters to subvert the entire thing to cause people to yeah. jump provocateurs to cause violence between you know that wouldn't otherwise exist. They, they basically do it. You know, they, they have a, like January 6th, they, they send in people to cause trouble on purpose to, to fuck the whole thing up. Really? You know, don't you think that's uh, that's something that would happen very quickly? I, I'm going to tell you, January 6th, uh, I, I have a, a take on January 6th. You want to hear it a little bit? Sure, you, know, we have, you stay five hours in your, uh, watch your odyssey. I fell asleep and worked up and he's still talking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have I have an idea of what happened on January 6th. The whole idea was, I don't know if you can agree with me or not, it was to create an event, like a, a disastrous event. Not by the, the it's by, uh, Trump sent those poor people either to get killed by the dozens or kill people inside the building by the dozen. Let's say if you had 30 senators and congressmen were killed, that would create a chaos. You, then you declare a state of emergency here. The certification is delayed, and this is in his mind. He, he had a dictatorship uh, thinking. Or the opposite. Imagine if the national uh, the national guard were there and killed two hundred people of those people who came. You know, they, 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 there was a hungry people. They have nothing to do with anything. They're just looking for a way out, and killed two hundred people. That created another crisis. But what mm-hmm. happened is the deep state did not bite. They knew what Trump wanted. So what they did is they never put the national guard there. They never sent any help out. They, they rescued all the, the congressmen, congresswomen. They said, let these uh, idiots run through the building, do whatever they want. We're taking their pictures. They're picking them up like eh, like cherries right now all over the United States. They said, let these idiots go into the building. We're not going to bite what Trump wants. This is the, the deep state, like the military, the, uh, the, the you know uh, the security uh, uh, apparatus. So what they did is they said, okay, Trump wants us to kill 100 uh, people or 200 to create an event. Oh, if they got in, they would kill 30 or 40 members of Congress or the vice president, whatever, you know, whatever you want to say. It was still created a very dangerous events and maybe chaos. We could have started a war or inside the country or anything. Mm-hmm. 
So with those, the, the, the deep state of the, say, listen, okay, let them go in these areas, let them shit on the walls, whatever, sit on the table of Nancy Pelosi. You know, they're going to have to go back home. Mm-hmm. And there was, everyone's taking picture of the other one, and you know how it is. They're picking yeah. them up. That's my, uh, that's my thinking of that day, what Trump wanted out of that day. What do you think? Do you have a, uh, do you have a different idea? Well, I think you're sort of half right. I think that they certainly wanted much more blood, but I don't think it was Trump. I think Trump, I think you're giving Trump way more credit than he deserves, to be honest. I think Trump didn't, Trump wanted a protest. He wanted them to interrupt the process and wanted to declare, hey, the election was stolen. But that's what Trump was thinking. But I think the the deep state, as it were, the this these these whoever it was that were scheming this thing, they wanted a, a false flag. They wanted to create an event that was way more bloody, that was way more deadly, that they could then go martial law. We're all that's it. We're done. Everything's locked down. We're gonna put you people in your place, and that's the end of it. And then then and they were gonna not have any discussion about it. And I think that they didn't get the blood that they wanted. I think they wanted more chaos and more blood. And they didn't get it. I, I don't know about. Trump orchestrating all that. I don't think he, to be quite honest, I don't think he himself would have even had the wherewithal to do all of that. I think, you know, I think he wanted the, I think he wanted the election um, certification disrupted. Certainly. I I don't think, I think that this, this desire for blood though was actually on the part of the deep state instead of on the part of Trump. But the deep state state has nothing to gain. They are in power, whether you like it or not. We are a military industrial power. You know, we are controlled by the people who make weapons. We are directly controlled by the military. I'm going to say that because if we give the military $780 billion every year without any question asked, that means we are we are scared of the military. Let's not, right. be, let's not kill each other. You know, like that's, the only thing, yeah, that's the only thing they agree on every year. They fight that's over right. everything. The military, oh, they fight about how much more to give them. And they raise it every year, and we're still losing wars overseas. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to get involved with the military. I don't want to come pick me up from New York or uh, whatever. But uh, that's what I was thinking. I, okay. So me and you were thinking about the same thing, but from different uh, lenses, right? Right. From different lenses. Which is funny because uh, that, that difference between your perspective on it and mine shows the different perspective in how the right wing interprets it versus how the left wing yeah, interprets yeah, yeah. it. But I was, <laughs> upset, I, I was upset that day because, you know, um, I have a different experience from the average uh, American who was born here. I've already mm-hmm. seen this happen in my homeland. Yes, sure. I see when chaos takes place uh, and when, when when order collapses. And right now, my Yemen is a failed state. They've been in mm-hmm. civil war for six years because of the infighting. First of the political parties are fighting over power, fighting, fighting, fighting. Then after they became weak, the parties, a group came from the other side of Yemen, threw them all in the jail, and took over the country. And now they've been fighting five years. So you see the ugliness uh, of when, when order collapses, you see the ugliness and the hatred that comes out, even hatred that you didn't even know you had to your neighbor. And people are fighting. Young men are killing each other right now in Yemen for no reason. So when right. I saw that, I was disheartened that day. Honestly, I, I was scared. I said, what? what? Sure. That's why sure. I would say, why? That's why I came to America. I, right. I don't want you know, what I'm going to go, I, I, I say this to myself, what I'm going to go if something happened to this country? Because yeah, I already, uh, my kids here, my, every day, we, you know, I don't have no Where am I going to go? There. Yeah, but oh, I mean, I, I, I have no Yeah, so what I'm yeah. saying is, when I saw that, I said, oh, God, I was praying, honestly. I said, God, please. Yeah. You know, uh, you see how emotional I got? I was so upset that day. I didn't care who was doing to who was. I just didn't want that chaos to happen. In a country as stable as ours, you know, because uh, Americans are level-headed. You know, what people who who are rational and we think in pragmatization, and we have patience. That's why we defeated the Soviet Union. We defeat all our enemies. 
because we we have the the patience to to wait you out and work you out, and then we make a mistake, we hit you in the head, and that's over. But I don't want to see this country collapse. Or I don't want to see chaos. I want me and you to be still neighbors. I mean, me and you. I mean, me and sure. you. I probably we could have a beer or watch. You like sure. football? Do you like football? Not so much anymore, but we could still, uh, still have a beer and watch football all the same. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like Andrew Wilson yeah. is a good guy, you know. Andrew Wilson, there mm-hmm. he's yeah. like, he has this big ugly neck, big pop or whatever, fast. But he's a, he's a nice guy. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, my advice to, to to all those who are watching, whether you're white or black, I mean. I'm a nobody or anything. I'm just a person on YouTube, and I'm enjoying this conversation with you. Try to rethink things over. Try to rebuild bridges. There's a way for us to to have a conversation and and live in harmony and create dreams for our children and educate our our population. And the the whole idea is the reason where we are right now is because we've been uh, duped by the politicians and corporate America, they, they, they've been fucking eating and not feeding anybody while they eat into themselves. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, can we, like, reconcile and, and have this sit down and try to, to have a dialogue, a national dialogue? Well, we better. We better figure it out because uh, if we were to go into the Civil War thing, there will be no winner. There will be no winner. Even though there will seem like a winner, there will be no winner because what will happen is they'll declare martial law and then yeah. your whole rights are... That's done. They're gone. They're gone. Do whatever they want with you, all of us. So we better not. Um, you know, it won't be hard for them to do that. And they've already got plans. I mean, they've got literally binders after binders of every yeah. possible outcome that could happen. And it, it won't work out well for anybody, really. So we, we all don't want that. And anybody thinks that they're going to be smart and start something as a fool. It's yeah. not a good idea. Mm. And, uh, you know, as much as we've talked about things like ethno states and all this, you're yeah. not going to get there through civil war. It's going to be a disaster. And, and what will end up happening is the deep state type thing, the corporate, the all this, all this corruption. That'll just have more power. It'll become more totalitarian, and right. it'll go the wrong direction. So I'm with you on that one for sure. Yeah, because uh, you know people have this idea. Oh, we have you know some militia. They have these little like AR-15. You're dealing with the United States government. They got a fucking Apache. The Apache could shoot about 70, 80 different targets in a minute. So you're not dealing. You deal. Uh, you, you gotta. You have to have the military on your side or against you, because the the military will. The military has a lot to lose. If they make, yeah. they're, making, they're making money. It's seven hundred eighty billion dollars. Do you think that goes to defense? <laughs> Somebody needs to look fucking audit. If anybody try to audit, they fucking get rid of them. Where that money is going every year. Anyway, uh, we're gonna spend the whole night talking. I hope we didn't get in trouble. You know, there's a lot of people who, who hate this conversation. Or whatever. I don't hate it. Because I, I think um, I really agree with you. I think white people have the right to feel uneasy about becoming a minority. It's only natural. It's a human instance. Uh, for you to deny them that and, and turn them into extremists and to deplatform them, and, and that's the stupidest thing you could ever do. You're just going to make them more extreme and more uh, isolated when you do that. Yeah. You understand? That's normal. Right. Like uh, these people who are happy to be the majority, you know, the minority right now. Don't you think that uh, white people feel the same way you do? I don't understand because when the census came out, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of people go to, go to, oh, the white people did not increase. Oh, we're going to be it. What the fuck are you talking like that? Huh? That's why we, uh, I'm going to close on this big person. I'm going to let you close. Sure, I'm go gonna, we should have a small percentage of, uh, of immigration every year. Or we could have a visa where they come to work and go back home. You don't have to give them citizenship or anything like that. 
that's a good way. They're still going to fulfill uh, uh, corporate America's need for, for workers and consumption. Even the immigrants, they don't care. They they come here for the money, a lot of them. Yep. The economic prosperity. If you give them that opportunity to have a card where every three years you renew it, if you're not a criminal, if you, didn't bring, you can go back home to your family, then come back and work, go back and work. You, you do not... You do, you do not suppress the 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 or, or, or disturb the natural order of thing. I agree to that. Though I'm an immigrant, I still agree to that. I mean, I'm not here to strive to overcome white America and become a majority. No, I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking how to make a living, how to feed my kids, how to feel secure, which I do in this country. But immigration, I think, is a big problem. You can have 11 million people running around in a country with no ID. They're not even. We don't even know who they are. Exactly. America, I know. I agree. See, we, I'm almost like a white nationalist. You can call me white now after a while. They're gonna put me. I'm gonna have to join your camp soon. You know what I'm saying? Not call yourself that, man. They're gonna kick you off the internet. <laughs> no, no. But I'm saying is that um, we need a country with borders. That's yeah. That's that's normal shit. It's like having a house. You need fences, don't you? For people not you need walls. <laughs> yeah, you need a door for people not to go in and steal your house. So right. uh, uh, I'm gonna give you that last word. Sure. Say whatever you want to do. Do a closing and. I'm happy to hear whatever you have to say. I hope you enjoyed my conversation as much as I have did. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a good conversation. Thanks for having me on, too, by the way. Appreciate okay. It. Do, do, do we want to close on anything? Or the, uh, yeah. I no. I, I would just say don't get sucked into the vortex that they want us to be sucked into of that because they will they will clamp down on everything. I mean, you think it's crazy now with this stuff. They will force the some kind of digital ID thing on everybody. They will you know, basically lock us in our houses for real, not just the the, the lockdown of like, you're going to do it. No, they'll like, you're, you're ordered to and you'll be shot if you don't freaking comply and, and it'll get way worse. So I don't think that's a good thing. And I think it is these uh, corrupted elites who would suck us into such a thing because they have many schemes set up. You know, they, they've planned the reaction. They're, they're creating the situation and they're going to offer the solution, right? It's the uh, Hegelian dialectic, as they call it. So we want to avoid that no matter what. And I think these issues... Uh, racially and otherwise in America can be worked out to some degree. Right. I think the only way to work them out is to work them out peacefully. Otherwise, it's only going to create more problems and more pain and more chaos. And I think there is a way. The way might not be what we've always done before, but it doesn't have to be something ugly. It doesn't have to be something hateful or whatever. It doesn't have to be something mean and nasty and brutal. It could be something that's better for everybody. I think it could actually be something where everyone prospers and everyone comes out happier in the end. But the only way to get there is for big tech not to censor everybody and so let us talk about it like we're doing yeah. here and we'll yeah. figure things out. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, thank you for coming. Until we meet next time. God bless Thanks, you. Omar. God bless you guys. Take care, my friend. Thanks. Take care. All right. All right. There you have it. Uh, we had a good conversation. Uh, I hope it was uh, uh, <laughs> we will not uh, have any issue uh, with it. But uh, this is what it, it is. What it is. I'd like to thank the guests for coming and thank you for your support uh, of the channel. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Take care.